I'm Laura Linney, and this is Masterpiece Classic. Previously on Downton Abbey, Cousin Matthew and William were in the war, and they both got injured. Matthew hurt his spine, and he doesn't look like he's going to be able to walk or do anything else below the waist. William, on the other hand, suffered severe injuries, and he passed away. But before he died, he married Daisy to give her government benefits. Aside from that, things are going on as normal. Well, as normal as Downton Abbey can be. So, let's jump right in to Season 2, Episode 6. I got, I got, I got, I got loyalty, got royalty inside my DNA. Cocaine quarter piece, got war and peace inside my DNA. I got power, poison, pain, and joy inside my DNA. I got hustle, though, ambition, flow inside my DNA. I was and we are back. Hey, hey, uh, we are, we are back indeed. For this episode, we have been dreading for some weeks now. I think this episode and the Pramuk episode are like where my mind goes for this show. <laughs> and as we discussed way back when with the Pramuk episode, there's so many like weird stylistic choices in that episode directing mm-hmm. yeah. wise that like n- both of these episodes are like memorable, but not necessarily for the right reasons. Yeah. I mean, Pramuk more, is more of a touchdown because it sets in motion so many things that happen. This one is just one you want to forget and you can't <laughs> because why did it happen? Why? It's just, it's the dumbest thing. I, Oh my god, it's so asinine. I, I, I was actually watching this episode with my mom, and she was like, why do you hate this episode so much? I was like, ma, spoiler alert. This whole major storyline in this episode, it doesn't come up again, ever. And for, for you listeners, just so you know, it doesn't come up again, so don't ever pay attention to this episode going forward. It's just one of the worst episodes of Downton Abbey, just saying it. Well, I don't know, worst episodes oh, overall? Yes, this is flat out one of the worst episodes of Downton Abbey, no question. Okay, all right. I yeah. was going to say it's a really terrible B plot, or I guess it's the A plot. Yeah, it's the it's, asinine plot. <laughs> that's I, what A, a is for asinine. There, there's a reason why this episode aired when it aired. Um, and when, when was that? It was February 5th, 2012. Uh, the same night as the Super Bowl, PBS was aware that this episode was so bad, they aired it against the Super Bowl just to let it get buried. Is that true? Is uh, that a fact, or is that, are you... Yep. Uh, are you speculating that? Nope. Super Bowl uh, 46 happened on February 5th, 2012, Patriots versus Giants. Yeah, but are you speculating that that that's why PBS let it play? I think it makes a lot of sense. Yeah, well, I mean, maybe there's... I don't know if there's much of a... Just, I mean, just put it together. This episode's terrible. Super Bowl's going on. Just, just put it on. Just yeah. put it on. All right. You know, I'll, I'll, I'll give you the credit on that. I think that's a good, that's a good speculation. Although I don't know if it's true. Yeah. Um. Do we just want to jump into? Yeah. This let, let's get plot? to the, the crap. Yeah. 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 So there's a guy, a Canadian officer who requests to go uh, recover from his war injuries, his his burns. Yeah. At Downton. A major, Patrick Gordon. And he says that he has some familial connection to Downton. Mm-hmm. And Grantham is like, okay, let him come. Yeah. We'll figure out whatever it is. You know, thank you for your service kind of thing. Worst case scenario. 
Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, and we see a burned hand. The first thing we see of oh, him, and geez. it's like, what could this be? What's going on there? And he's just sitting in the shadows as if he's this monster. <laughs> and then, because it, like Edith heard, hears second hand of this guy, and she's like, I'm going to go check him out now that he's here. And he, <laughs> he's just like, you don't remember me? You don't remember me? Like, he looks like like Sloth from the Goonies with that like <laughs> terrible prosthetic. Oh, my gosh. It's so bad. Like the like the flab around his neck or whatever that they yeah, got going the, on. Yeah, the like smeared ear. And then he has yep. this weird like bandage covering like a third of his face. Yeah. And it doesn't look like they changed that bandage either. He has like the same like... Yeah, he had blood stain by his uh, ear. <laughs> God, it's just poorly put together. And... So, you know, he says, like, you don't remember me? Oh, maybe it's my voice. I'm Canadian now. I have a Canadian... Yeah, I speak with a Canadian accent now. And there's no detection of Canadian in his voice at all. I, I know a few Canadians, and he didn't sound like he was saying, sorry. He didn't say that once. He didn't say, oot and a boot or anything. Sorry if those are, like, stereotypical things that Canadians say. But there's a certain, I don't know, cadence to the way Canadians talk. And he sounded American as, as possible. So that's more... I mean, that's more of a directorial decision than it is a character beat though right that's just poor production and also this guy's a liar obviously oh a liar i don't know I, uh, we'll, we'll see we'll see so he claims that he's not patrick gordon mm-hmm. but patrick crawley yeah he the, was he was on the titanic he's the when it sank <laughs> the reason for this show being kind of right uh if he had lived he would have gone on to marry mary and everything would have been hunky-dory but uh he he was on the ship of the Titanic. He got concussed there, right? Or he what? got yeah he got, got a brain injury or a head injury of sorts, and he got amnesia. Yeah, and he was taken away by some sergeant and put in some infantry. No, uh, he wasn't put in the infantry. He, or he joined he, it. He joined the infantry later, and then another war injury woke him up. Yeah, and he remembered everything. Yeah, it was the explosion that caused him to burn, and then remember this i think is his story so he remembers that he's patrick crawley right after thinking he's patrick gordon yeah it's just like okay all right and then edith believes him because she frolics around with him outside the grounds you know like oh remember when we chase each other outside here as children it's like i mean mary calls it up later it's like yeah anyone could say that like you know, oh, Dave, remember when we used to go, you know, hang out in Longbrook Park? If you live in Stratford, Connecticut, you're probably hanging out in Longbrook Park yeah. as a child at some point. Yeah. And uh, I, I, I'll, I'll hold it for later. There's, uh, you know, there's stuff that is revealed. Yeah. But it, it is also, and I said this in episode one and you didn't, you doubted me. Yeah. Edith was in love with this guy oh, when they right. were around. And you were like, I don't think she liked him. I think it's just kind of like a family thing that she's just being dramatic and crying. No, she loved him. Yeah. Well, and he's like, wait, I was supposed to marry Mary, but y- you felt a certain way. And she's like, maybe I did. Well, I, I chalked that up to me assuming that cousins weren't all about each other back then. I didn't realize at the time that inter, uh, you know, marriage and stuff with your cousins was regular. So... Yeah, now I know better. Okay, yeah. Edith was down mm-hmm. to get with one of her cousins. So and, and it, from the progression of this episode, she's still down to get with one of her cousins. Oh my gosh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Or is he? I don't think he is. I don't think he is either. Well, I think, rather, I, I, I want to say I know he isn't, but in the event that there's some weird thing that I missed. But yeah. the whole plot with this character, mm-hmm. he he has a story. 
Yeah. And he like writes it down, and which is really, so weird. Like a, a tiny envelope too. Like his entire story is in this little tiny envelope he hands to Grantham. <laughs> and Lord Grantham like sends it to his lawyer <laughs> yeah. to read. Also, if I find he does like this thing where he puts his finger under his oh, nose. Yeah, and Lord Grantham's like, where did you learn to do that? I was like, what? Did I miss something? What did he do? I had to rewind that <laughs> to see like, so he like strokes his nose and then goes like under his lip or something. With his single f- index finger. It's like, where did you l- learn that? What? What? Not never brought up again. Is that like the the crawly hand signal? And it's funny. It's like Grantham was like staring angrily at him. You know, it's almost as if like he's fallen in love with Matthew, and now this other guy is coming in to claiming to be you know the rightful heir, and he's just angry about this. Yeah, he's not a, a fan. Uh, and Mary calls it BS. She doesn't want to deal with it. Yeah, well, she. I mean, for her, that would really screw everything up. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And Matthew's kind of. Matthew Matthew says he would prefer that someone with two legs who can walk around the estate run the estate. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But he's just kind of depressive for most of this episode. Right, right, right. Uh, but, oh my God, so they cut to that one scene where Edith is hanging out with uh, Patrick or whoever he is, and he's like so frustrated that, I'm a stranger now, and he like flips the table. <laughs> I'm a stranger! Like, <laughs> and everyone just looks at him. Like, what's his problem? Uh, God, yeah, like... Just shut up, man. I don't. I you're. I don't know who you are. Like, get out of here. And then I guess we, we just put a bow on this sub or this part of the story. Yeah. There's a scene where him and Edith are outside, mm-hmm. and Edith is like basically saying like nobody believes it's you. Yeah. Maybe your name like who is? Did you know Patrick Gordon? He's like I knew him very well. Yeah. And then it's like, well, might you? might you like be him and he's like i might <laughs> he's like sitting behind her yeah and he's like not looking he's giving her this like side eye he's like thank you for trusting me yeah but mm. so like what's this guy's end game he they just call so him, he he comes he comes out as as being not like there's enough doubt that he is not patrick crawley because He's not He's right. Patrick Gordon. He must. He was friends with Patrick Crawley. Yeah, and he chose to impersonate him after uh, the Crawley passed away. Yeah. So, but then that happens. He uses this this terrible burn and injury to his advantage. Yeah. Because he says now people will actually believe my BS if I go and I say I'm Patrick Crawley. Yeah. And then people start guessing, and instead of like pushing it to insist that he is patrick crawley he just disappears he disappears and basically just like thinks about like maybe i should try to like hook up with this edith chick because she is well get me she in keeps giving me attention yeah but also then he just disappears and leaves a note and he signs it p gordon or no p uh pat how does he sign it i i didn't look closely enough i was taking too many well, notes she, yeah she says it's like p is it, is it Patrick or like Peter or something like that? I don't know. He 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 at least gets breakfast before he leaves. They say so. You know he he got everything he could out of it. Uh, and you feel bad for Edith and like she's so jonesing for a man that she's willing to su- settle for this guy who's lying about his identity and is like suffering from these burns and just like Edith, you can do better for yourself. <laughs> yeah, like I'm I'm. Everybody knows how we and most of the Downton Abbey fan mm-hmm. universe feel about Edith, but yeah, like. Bad, bad. Yeah. Like, what a naive young woman. Just what a stupid storyline. Because it's just like, this never comes up again. It's just a, we need to preoccupy things for an entire episode. We got, you know, eight episodes to write. And, uh, man, uh, it just, 
Just stupid. Just completely stupid. Yeah. Not good. Yeah. And he walks away and he leaves a note and, and the note is like, bye. I'm yeah. gone. Yeah. Uh, they did use effective use. They did have an effective use of that little side area to down that we rarely like see. the pillars? Yeah. Yeah. Because I forgot that was even on the show. It's like, oh, maybe I forgot about it for a reason. Because this happened there. Yeah. It's like a really bad 1918 Sneaky Pete. I don't know what that means. This, the Amazon show, Giovanni Ribisi. What about it? He's a the whole show is he's impersonating somebody else. Oh, really? Yeah. Well then, well then, I may not be interested in that show if it's anything like this. Peter, it's not. Okay, <laughs> okay. Uh, oh, and so, one thing about the the, yeah. the the cousin is like in his first couple scenes they have this like weird like Elephant Man or like horror movie don't, music. Don't look at me. Like, <laughs> like the original Mankind theme song. Oh wow! Yeah, <laughs> so yeah. When it's, don't don't come near me. You don't recognize me. <laughs> Wait, you don't recognize me? Oh no. Uh, okay. All right. En- enough. Moving on. Let's go to the plot that matters. Richard Carlyle. Carlyle. I'm here. He's ready to buy property. He wants to buy uh, the Haxley Park, uh, twelve thousand acres of land. A little run down apparently, but they show the insides of where it did not look run down. It did not run down at all. Like, okay. And and apparently the family that lived there left because they lost their son in the war and just kind of gave up. Which is, ex- Mary. is exactly how they hinted a few episodes ago where it's like, oh yeah, there's going to be tons of property because people are dying in the war. And well, 12,000 12, acres of land opened up. <laughs> yeah, 12,000. And uh, Richard Carlyle wants to put uh, centralized heating yeah. and a bathroom in every bedroom. <laughs> to which Lord Grantham says, it's an estate, not a hotel. Sorry, Grantham, that you like, you know, having outhouses still at the manor and everything, but that sounds pretty nice to me. Yeah, but, and, from... and there's a there's a moment where what, uh, there is, it's like Violet, Lord Grantham, and Cora walking, and mm-hmm. Cora's like, or Lord Grantham's like, call me old-fashioned, but I don't need those things. And then Cora, Cora's like, you Brits, and you're, <laughs> you like being uncomfortable or lacking convenience. Yeah, yeah. yeah. So stodgy, um, but it, it, yeah, Carlisle is beginning to get the sense that Matthew is an issue, though, because Ma- every time Mary's walking with him in the wheelchair, he's like, "What's going on?" <laughs> yeah, <laughs> if only he knew the conversation that they're having was Matthew telling her to go push him into the river so he could <laughs> die. He, I don't think he would be as jealous. Um, but clearly, she's got a thing for this this improper man. <laughs> She's got a thing for improper man being Matthew, or yeah, because he can't marry proper. It's oh, a callback. Okay, okay, what, whatever. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, but he's got he's got a plan though. This Carlisle, like he thinks things through. He's a newspaper man, but he's a he's an effective newspaper man. So like, I think it's time we bring in Lavinia Swire. And then <sighs> it's also time to call in Carson, call in the favor, and get in Carson to come. Oh yeah, he wants Carson to be the, the to lead the ship. Yeah. To commandeer it, uh, he, he tells him she thinks highly of you. I hope you won't be a rival, as if Carson's competing for uh, Mary's heart. <laughs> um, but uh, yeah, that that takes up a lot of the episode. Then is uh, the Carson stuff in the background. Yeah, Carson trying to decide, and he goes to Grantham, and they're like, "What? What do you? What do you think should happen?" And then they say, "Mr. Bates, what do you think?" And he said, "I think we, I think he should be able to make his own decision." And Grantham's like, "You're all ganging up on me. <laughs> Come on, guys. It's just this is my dude. It's yeah. just Charlie. Yeah, yeah. Just let him figure it out." Uh, 
that's like a slow burn in the episode though because like it's, it's early on where Carson is like talking to Hughes and like she doesn't want to see him go but she like gets it um and I don't think Carson wants to go but he's got to be there for Mary yeah his duty to Mary and uh doesn't Carlisle offer him a raise yeah 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 substantially money more money, money and I don't I don't think the money is a matter a matter to him. He's uh, he loves the he loves Downton. He does love Downton, and he loves that family. He loves Lady Mary. He loves measuring tables to make sure all the t- the utensils are aligned properly. I thought that was like the most interesting thing. Like he really is measuring, to make sure the spoons and forks are aligned just correct. Yeah, that that's I, if anything, pay the man if he's doing that. He's good. He's good at his job. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um. But that's a big swing for Mary if they can get him, and I, yeah, they did. They they well, they don't they don't outright say it at the episode. Yeah, well, but Carlisle's like, I'll be back on the tenth. Yeah, to make your decision, right? And well, it kind of ends with like Carson talking to Grant and like, I think this is gonna, how it's going to go down. Um, yeah, it's uh, it's a it's a tough situation for Carson there. Yeah, not a great, not a great, or rather, not ideal. Yeah. Uh. That's, I mean, that's just one thing of also Carson just kind of like uh, being in a, a tough spot there because he finds out about Hughes. Or should we move on from Carlisle and all that stuff or should we put a bow on that? I mean, yeah, what else, what else really? Oh, well, Car- oh okay, yeah, yeah. obviously. Um, yeah. Carlisle. Yeah. He, 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 he sees all this stuff with Lady Mary mm-hmm. and they're walking down the hall and he like makes a comment about it. I forget the exact dialogue. Do you mean when he grabs her by the throat? Doesn't he, he grab her by the arm, or is it by the throat? Uh, he 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 grabs her, uh, maybe her shoulders, and he he kisses her, but he threatens her. He threatens her first, and he says he can end her. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And he he says like he'll he'll put that Pramuk story in the paper, and he'll just ruin the. He the, has the, power. Yeah, just never cross him. And he's like, I will be a good husband, but I can't destroy you. Yeah, who has ever grabbed someone forcefully and told them I can be a good person, and then the other person believes them? Like I'm going to be a good husband, but don't don't love your cousin. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> who can't walk? Who right, can't properly be married. And then also Lavinia's there, and she's trying to tell Matthew, like, I should never have left, uh, you know, like... But it's like, Lavinia, you just don't have a chance. She said she she wants to be with him forever, right? She has some line... Yeah. ...about something. (laughs) Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's like, well... Yeah, Lavinia comes back and just kind of... I feel sorry for Lavinia as a character. Yeah. Maybe it's just all this off-screen time we, we... She doesn't do anything. The one surprising thing, though, was that Carlisle mentioned to Cora, like... You know, is this wise for her for Mary to be with Matthew so much? Because you know, do you want kids or not? Because I can produce that right now, and then that and <laughs> right, Cor- now, right now, yeah, immediately. And then Cora is the one who, I guess, relayed to Lavinia to come back to Downton, and it's like Cora, whose side are you on? Like, it, it, it's such a weird dynamic that he's Mary is engaged to Richard Carlyle as we. It is in the newspaper. Right. It is official, but for some reason, everybody's like. Not on board. Yeah, and they're like, we got to make sure this thing happens with Matthew. So they're, they're regardless of whether or not you like Richard Carlisle, yeah, he's a piece of trash. Oh yeah, he's made this announcement. He's proposed. He's doing yeah. this the right way, even if he and nobody else knows that he's being a real jerk. Yeah, to Mary. Yeah, uh, Lavinia has a heart and feelings and mm-hmm. serves a purpose. Like you really don't care about these two people that are like people. Yeah, yeah. Just yeah. because you want 
Mary to be happy with Matthew. Like it seems like very, very out of character for all these people to just support something that they know is not right right now. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's and like if all your friends didn't like your girlfriend, and then you get engaged, and they're like, hey, you know, this is still an option to go with this other person. Yeah. Like, no, once the engagement... It's- yeah, you can't do anything. It's too late. And, uh, I mean, as Grantham said to Cora, you can be curiously unfeeling. And it's like, yeah. Because the thing is, all the characters are going with their heart. They're feeling it. And, like, Cora, you, you, you don't get it. You don't get it. I really don't like Cora in this episode. I, I mean... I think she's fine but also i don't like isabel either so maybe we just transition to that thing because i think that's we're caught up in carlisle business yeah yeah so yeah carlisle's get basically making moves mean but he wants to uh the money moves he wants to be a good husband (laughs) yeah but he's not opposed to being a mean man and destroying the the crawly name yeah and buying a lot of paintings to fill up his new house (laughs) yeah uh but yeah, so Cora, uh, the Dowager, and Isabel, because uh, Isabel's back in town, Isabel's suggesting that they ter- they keep Dowan as a home for soldiers, which is completely absurd. Why? Yeah, would- why? Which is like bunks? Yeah, like what are you thinking? It's a manor where people live, Isabel. In a hundred years, it'll be a tourist attraction. You don't know that. Mm-hmm. But it's not a place for like soldiers to stay and everything. People live there. What, what are you thinking? Um I don't like how Cora and the Dowager like manipulator. I wish they would just be like more direct and tell her, no, this is just not going to happen. Well, I don't think I don't want to say that that they manipulating her is good. Yeah, but there's certainly this feeling like she's kind of she'll kind of go wherever it seems like she's needed. Yeah, that's and. True. Maybe she's a little holier than thou kind of mentality. She's a mm-hmm. little hot on her high horse, even though she doesn't want to own up to it, kind of thing. Yeah. And they say she's got plans for like two or three years at Downton with lectures. Yeah, oh my and, God. Like, what are you thinking about it? So they, so they just kind of show her another option of helping refugees. Yeah. Yeah. And she's, and then that's, that's all they do. Yeah. I just, the way they like cut to Cora and Dowager, like, we got away with it. It's like, I guess you did get your way, Cora. I guess you did get your way. Not a great look for them, but it's not all—it's not the worst, in my opinion. Yeah, I think Violet is the best at this, where she's just kind of like, she's the one pulling the strings. It's just Cora like falling back after being such a one-on-one nemesis, Isabel, mm-hmm. letting Violet do the work. It's and then like, what does Cora say in the in the car after they after she makes the decision or after Isabel makes the decision to not pursue Downton? She's like, I th- I have my sincerest thanks. <laughs> to you yeah because you know we all know what the the money mm-hmm. situation from season one that yeah. cora and violet are not always allies no no no, no. uh but uh it yeah it's just uh yeah i don't know about that <laughs> it's, i mean it's kind of a dull well, plot in an episode again with- this episode's just killing time because they don't got much going on uh but what is going on though is uh so Hughes still giving goods to Ethel. She she still has a the baby. Can't figure out how to support herself. And Carson finds out. Yeah. Carson finds and he out. He snitches. Yeah, yeah. Not a good look for Carson either this episode where he can't understand the plight of a woman who got impregnated by a piece of trash soldier and she can't do anything about it. And he's like, Well, is her a problem? And it's like, Carson, bro. I don't know how you do in the 21st century, man. Like, <laughs> I don't know. I think he's doing his. He's not trying to 
take away from Ethel. He just wants, you know. Yeah, it's just the way he speaks. He's of, a company man. But you also see how Hughes reacts, like the way he speaks of like women like falling in love with these soldiers and like you know being left alone. Like he doesn't get it. And what does he, uh, Hughes has a comment like, "It's nothing that all men don't think about behind the shed or something like that." Yeah, just a yeah. weird line about. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, it's like of course men are thinking about like shacking up with someone like Ethel. Yeah, especially yeah. soldiers. Right. And uh, we find out what happened to Major Bryant. The well, magician. we find out why. I think. I think the, for Cora. Yeah. Cora, like Cora, sympathizes with the situation. Yeah. And says that maybe if I invite the major back to visit friends and mm-hmm. be at a dinner, we'll get him back. Good yeah. move on Cora. Very, yeah. Yeah. you know. Other again with the show and the inconsistencies of the character, she manipulates yeah. Isabel. Yeah. But then she does a genuinely good thing to try to help this baby. Right. And. She well, well, the other thing though is like later in episodes, she's just so matter of fact, like, oh, Major Bryant died. You're just gonna have to figure out a way to help her on your own. Like, it was just like, yeah, Major Bryant died. Spoiler alert. <laughs> that's that's the bomb that we find out from this from correspondence. Cora. But like, Cora's just like so matter of fact, and I like, I never want to hear about this again. It's like, okay, all right, you did the good deed, but all right, I, she can be so curiously unfeeling sometimes. Oh yeah. <laughs> um, but uh, man, yeah, that puts Ethel in a tough spot because. Uh, and then Hughes suggests that Ethel moves to a city and just makes up her own narrative. Yeah, because honestly, that seems to work for Jane. And like, yeah, Ethel's like, why does Jane get this and I don't? It's like, Ethel, you were caught shagging on the job. You can't shag a man while you're supposed to be doing your job. So it's like a little short sighted of you, but you know. Yeah, Ethel, it's going to be tough. It's going to be tough, but do what Jane did because it seems to be working out for her. Oh, it's working out for Jane. Because, uh,. Grantham was left alone at lunch for one one time. He's like annoyed. He's like, "What am I gonna do?" And what is he eating by himself? Like ice cream or something? <laughs> something weird. So, yeah. And Carson can't be there, so Jane is there. Right. And then he, he, there's something. There's something between these two. You think? I think. Because yeah, he asked her about her son, who's twelve. She looks young for having a twelve year old son. Yeah. Uh, and then she she tells him uh, that he's good at math, mm-hmm. and he wants to go to private sc- or another school. I don't know if it's private or it's a, just another school. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And Lord Grantham's like, if I can help, I'll put in a good word. And then she was like, Oh, I that would be awesome. Thank you. And then Mr. Carson walks, and he's like, What is going on? Another here? another weird look for Carson. Not a good look for Carson. Where it's just like, Why are you talking to this person? And it's like. Let it be. Grantham is like, I asked the questions. It's okay. I like that Grantham's like kind of surprised at himself for like talking to her. But then later in the episode, like they walk by her, and there's this weird shot of like Grantham giving her a glance. Really? I oh, didn't, yeah. I didn't catch it. Oh, Grantham man. gives her a glance, and it show it. It cuts to him like she walks by, and he like side eyes or something. Like, oh, uh oh, Grantham. Oh, that doesn't sound good. Uh, I'm just too busy taking down notes sometimes, though. Like really. Catch all the the parting glances of characters. <laughs> um, what else happens this episode? Uh, Daisy is uh, in mourning. She has her black armband on, yep. and she's very, you know, she's she's very curt. She's very yeah. like everything is very staccato. You know, she comes in, drops the food off, walks away. She's not herself. Yeah. And they say give her time. Yeah, she keeps. But it has also been because uh, last episode was mid nineteen eighteen, mm-hmm. and this is October nineteen eighteen. So this is like three months, four yeah, months. Yeah. So she's still getting over it, and she's she's so hung up on the fact that she doesn't want to take the benefits. Right. She thinks that she did something terrible, mm-hmm. and everyone's like, "Just be cool." Yeah, you did the right thing. Like everyone's like, "There's nothing to worry about," and that's the other thing. Again, there's no real drama here. If it's just continuing on from the last episode. 
because there's nothing going on in this episode except <laughs> the whole Carlisle business. Um, and yeah, there's no real resolution for Daisy here. No. She just continues. It's just more just sadness. Uh, man, I don't. Yeah. And uh, what else do we have? We have uh, well, someone gets a phone call, a really important phone call. Uh, it's John Bates. Oh yeah, a telegram. Yeah, he's yeah, got yeah. to go to to London, right? Because he didn't tell the judge that he was going to pay off his wife to get married or divorced, and now he can't get a divorce. Well, it's like all the this Vera Bates is miserable. Yeah, she just she gets paid, mm-hmm. and then she uses that to just. Just leave him alone. As she said to Richard Carlyle confusingly last week, I'm going to get <laughs> Mr. John Bates. I'm going to, this is not the last you've heard of me. <laughs> and Richard Carlyle, whatever. Yeah. And I'm just she... going to go accost my future wife. <laughs> Gosh. Yeah. And uh, both of them did that. Uh, so so uh, Bates goes to London. Yeah. And comes back with a s- scratch on his face. Oh, I didn't notice a scratch. You didn't notice the jeez. You're taking too many notes on the show. I, I can't help it. Uh, like you're because he comes back. At, he walks he, back. He goes in the morning and comes back in the evening. Mm-hmm. And then they're like, "How did it go?" And he's he's got a, a scratch on his on his eye, oh, like a little like nothing serious. It's like, yeah. oh, jeez, it went. Yeah, yeah, it's serious. Well, we we later find out why. Maybe his wife is dead. She's dead. She's dead a couple days later. Yeah. I was confused. They actually showed a shot of the wife dead. I didn't need to see that. All I needed to hear was that she was dead. I didn't need to see the visual of her lying on the ground. It's a TV show. If they don't show it, she might not be dead. This is like a chast, like, like period drama. I don't need to see a dead person. But she was, it, it looks like she was poisoned or something. She's, li- she's lying on the floor, face down. Yeah. Hit her head, maybe. Maybe. I mean, we'll find out soon, but she's dead. Yeah. After what? She... She makes it tough for Mr. Bates. Yeah. It's tough circumstances for Mr. Bates there, having been in London and that happening immediately afterwards. Yeah. Seems like a something fishy is going on. It sounds like it. Um, so really not much to that story aside from that reveal that she's she hit him in some capacity at the, the, the first encounter in London, mm-hmm. and she died. Pretty much. Uh, I mean, this episode, you could just write down like a couple sentences about each character. Yeah, uh, Sybil met with Branson. Still, she, Branson's still a creep. Yeah, yeah. But our favorite line of the whole show. Oh my god! It won't be long now. It won't be long now. And she's like, "It's almost time for us to get together." Yeah. Once the end she's of the like, war what? happens. What? Yeah. Oh my goodness. So maybe you know Carlisle knows something. You know, like what Branson was doing works on women. So if you you come off as harsh and you know maybe that works because it worked for Branson. Thanks, show writers. Yeah. Make make the guy creeping. Sometimes that wins. I don't Yeah. Anyways, I'll wish them the best of luck if they get together after the war. Yeah, and the war ends. Yeah. 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 And they have a, a moment of prayer for Right. At, at the moment that Branson's there talking to Carson saying like uh chuckling at Carson saying monarchies will always last or whatever. And Branson's like, Yeah, right. Uh if I had my way with Sybil, I don't know about that. Yeah. <laughs> um Yeah, the war ends and uh it's funny because Bates all of a sudden starts pouring everyone wine, and it's like we know the history of Bates with allegedly oh, yeah, swiping al- wine. He's an alky. Yeah, he like literally has that bottle ready to go as soon as the war is like announced as being over. It's like you've been holding that, Bates, huh? <laughs> you, you pilfered it. Yeah, he definitely did. <laughs> um, and um, and they're like, "What are we gonna do now?" And they, like hold- they ask Thomas what he's gonna do, and he's they'll find out. Well, we, we have a clue. Because Pat Moore, of all people, suggests selling goods on the black market. Yeah. Food, right? Yeah. Like Polish food or something? Right, because they have so much of it. 
And uh, according to Thomas, you got to speculate to accumulate. So he's willing to spend money to make this a business of uh, selling these rations. Yeah. And uh, I wonder if this means he's going to go into business with Patmore. That's a duo. I, I don't know. <laughs> Speaking of Thomas, O'Brien yeah. is really weird in this episode. She, yeah. She's so like two, two-faced. Mm-hmm. Listening through the wall to Anna and uh, Bates talk. And she's she finds a she like tails somebody or, or you know this episode oh is she's so... in the room when the they about Ethel and uh, Hughes or whatever and she's like what's going on with Ethel and the and Bryant or whatever and it's like none of your business Hughes and what? then she they show her at the end with this like look on her face that she's really worried or like well I think that ties into the whole remembrance thing because she has her own own history with like soldiers and veterans and stuff so maybe like well, a... no before that when they're oh, yeah. like they're like sitting in the 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 staff dining room or yeah whatever. yeah i don't know weird yeah and scheming yeah like why yeah. if you want this character to be the evil schemer stop giving her these like sh- the regret yeah 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 like you're not really she's evil mm-hmm. but you know the fact that she re- she seems to regret all of this stuff with vera bates yeah i mean it's it's one of those things where it's like yeah, it's fine to make try and make her two dimensional, you know, uh, with the regret and stuff. But do it in a way that seems plausible, where she's not always tr- like you know, every time she does this, she feels regret, but then keeps doing it, and it's just like it just doesn't make any sense. And and not to like harp on a a, a plot point, but yeah, this thing about you know, like she, the thing with the baby at last season, yeah, this like they never bring it up as something weighing on her soul, right? And if that was a thing that she did, mm-hmm. she should be like on the straight and narrow, yeah. Keeping her nose clean because of that. Even yeah. if she, no one knows that she did it, her conscience is unaffected by mm-hmm. it. She continues to like scheme and be terrible. Yeah. And then try to be like, help be nice to Mr. Lang and be sympathetic and mm-hmm. start to kind of turn on Thomas a little bit. Yeah. But it's like, you're just, you, you're terrible. Yeah. yeah. And I guess that goes on Julian Fellows for like continuing to write this character so poorly. Yep. Don't like that, O'Brien. Uh, mm. Is that it? Well, they hold the remembrance at the end, which is kind of cool. Oh, yeah, yeah, the end. They have their little ceremony you know, yeah. with the clock, and they have a silent prayer. Mm-hmm. And then as they're wheeling Matthew away, he's like, wait, Mr. Bates. I think I feel something. And he's like, what do, what do you feel? He's <laughs> like, I'll tell you next time I feel it. Yeah, like a twinge in his leg, which is like, yeah, Bates can tell you something about a twinge in his leg. Yeah, I was yeah. going to say, like, he should have <laughs> asked. I thought he was going to say that. That. Yeah, but I mean, like, are you seriously, like, a, an episode after we face this whole thing of him getting paralyzed, oh, wait, he's, he's it's coming back to him already, an episode later, I understand it's four months after the fact, but it's like, what the hell is all that drama in the last episode of worrying and everything, and now it's like, uh, whatever, it doesn't matter, it's just typical soap opera stuff, man. And it's, it's <laughs> so, like, the episode ends in such a weird way, mm-hmm. where it's, they're leaving the World War One end of the war thing and matthew yeah. feels the feeling it should cut to credits and it doesn't yeah and then it goes to edith crying oh my at god the pillars yeah. because this imposter man is not going to like make her dreams come she can't marry sloth from the goonies yeah yeah and then it cuts again to this telegram about mrs bates being dead and then it cuts again to the dead body and then it cuts to yeah the I, I had the same feeling there's like multiple endings to this episode they didn't know how to wrap it up this again this is one of the worst episodes of down abbey in my opinion i it's not a great episode no it's not a great episode uh was there any good uh, lines of dialogue or anything um there's the i had the part where uh they're trying to figure out the they're talking about the 
if this is indeed uh, Peter Crawley. Yeah, yeah. Uh, and Matthew says to Lord Grantham, just like, don't think about me. Oh, I had the same <laughs> and line. Then Lord Grantham says, I, I never think about anything else. Yeah, Matthew is always on Grantham's <laughs> mind. What a weird thing. All right, that fairy tale boy just can't shake it, man. <laughs> Uh, I'm telling you, there's something. As much as maybe he's got an eye for uh, Jane, he's got he's he's got a heart he, for Matthew. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Matthew's always in the mind. Um, what else is there that I have the quote of uh, from I believe Mrs. Hughes that said the trick of business is to mind your own. Well, that's a nice one. That's, that's a good one. I do like um, uh, what was it? Hughes said uh, too handsome for anyone's good uh, about Major Bryant. Or was that Corey who said that? That's a good one. Either way, it describes Brian pretty quick. Yeah, quickly. Um. So let's just uh get onto the the rankings. Yeah, yeah. I'll yeah. start it off on the bottom. Sure. Third place on the bottom, I got Lady Mary. Oh yeah. Mm-hmm. She's uh. She got threatened. That's true. She got threatened. You know, she's been put in a situation where she's so conflicted and torn. Yeah. And everyone behind her back is sort of trying to to jockey things in position for her. Mm-hmm. You know, they're saying like, "We need to. What? Do, why are you bringing Lavinia back? You're screwing with Mary and Matthew." Yeah. And then Carlisle does what Carlisle does and threatens her and puts her in her place. And she just seems like a movable piece, and mm-hmm. that's not a good look for Mary. Yeah, plain uh, and simple. That's fair. Number three for me is Vera. She's dead. <laughs> Like get out of here. The last episode, she says, you're, "This will be this won't be the last you hear of me, John Bates." And then she dies an episode later. So it's just, uh, maybe it is the last we heard of you. I don't know. You're you're going down though. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I got. I have John Bates at number two. Oh yeah, yeah. I I feel like it's unclear what's going to happen with him yet. You know, I mean, with his wife being dead, so maybe it's not so bad yet. Well, he shows up. You didn't notice the mark on his face yeah, after he, after true. he goes to the to meet with her. That's fair. And then she dies. Yeah. Like, this is a situation that just won't... He just wants... the All is not rosy in the garden. No, no. He just wants to move on. Uh, for me, number two is Grantham. Uh, he's, <laughs> I guess. He's had a rough week because, you know, Matthew is get, going through so much torture. Uh, he has to eat lunch by himself, Grantham. <laughs> he's losing Carson, potentially. That's true. That's Th- true. There's a scene where Grantham is just sitting, sitting there staring at the fire just despondently. It's like, you and me both, brother. Like, this is just a rough situation <laughs> you're in. Uh yeah, it was it was not Grantham's best week. My number one is Lady Edith. Same, same. This had it had to be Edith. No one other than Edith. It, it was. It's just a terrible week for her. The t- character looks like an idiot. Yeah, essentially, this is. I think this episode is why it draws so much ire towards Edith. Just her, just just lack of logic. You know, it just mm-hmm. really makes her look bad. Um, let's. But on the brighter side, let's let's look. Let's move up. Let's move on from that. All right. I, I got number three up, England. War is over. There we go. Pre- Again, you you gave them the bottom for the beginning of World War One. I. I guess it's consistency. Yeah, it had to come back. So uh, you know <laughs> what a week it is when England and the war ending. It's not even number one. It's no. number three. We knew it was going to end eventually, right? Oh, yeah. Well, so. I mean, we also know how the show plays out because we've watched it. But we- <laughs> yeah, It's fair. That's fair. But number three, it's England. I got Cousin Matthew at number three. Really? Just for that moment at the end of the episode. Okay, that stacks up a little small compared to England winning the war. But I, I, well, I also didn't put a, a person, a character who died on my list either. Yeah, I'm trying right. to think contextually. Matthew yeah. having the feeling, mm-hmm. Lavinia's back and says that she, she'd love him forever. Yeah, Mary's getting a lot of FaceTime with him, and he's he's kind of a grump 
And he doesn't wind up losing his inheritance. Yep. And he has a feeling. That's true. That's true. He might he might walk again. Good for him. Good for him. Uh, number two, I have Carlisle. Okay. I have Carlisle at number one. Oh, yeah? <laughs> I mean, he's making moves. He, he's got uh, Lavinia back in the picture. He's potentially going to get Carson. He has a land locked up. The only thing that keeps him from being number one is the fact that he had to threaten Mary to kind of like keep her in line. Which I was like, I don't know about that. But, but number- he's, he's a mean man. Yeah. He's That's number- just part of his character. Yeah. 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 Well, my number two yeah. is a tie of Cora and Violet. Yeah, well, Violet's my number one, actually. Violet is your number one. Yeah, I don't like Cora, as I established earlier. But I feel like Cora and Violet work as a team. Violet does all the work. Cora is just there to collect the victories. I don't, I don't, I don't appreciate. Well, Cora that. does do the the good for Ethel, even if she's unfeeling. She's curiously unfeeling. Yeah, I nah can't give her that benefit. So Violet gets all the glory, and that's why she's number one. She didn't have to half it with anyone. That's why she's number one. She uh, she got it done. She she uh she got Isabel out of the picture. <laughs> That's true. And uh, it was kind of funny watching her do it. She like really uh you know fidgeted and was like awkward having to go about it. And you never see the dowager in that position. It was kind of fun to see. So good couple weeks for the dowager. Yeah. On yeah. last week's episode, she did all the good for William, and this week right. she's scheming on her own. But she's scheming for the benefit of the family. Yeah. Yeah. It's- I don't think she ever doesn't. She she manipulates, but she's not evil no no she no. just wants to preserve her way of life and selfish. the way of life of her family so yeah a little selfish but you mm. know the war is over they'll yeah. find a way yeah hopefully yeah. yeah so now we can hopefully move on put this episode past us and uh see what the future holds for matthew and walking hopefully yeah and other things yeah and bates who knows no wife in sight well i mean there is a future wife in sight that's true that is true yeah well, we'll see how it goes. Yeah, so that's that. Yep. Again, fee- uh, follow us on Facebook, Twitter, Instagram. If you don't do it already, subscribe on Stitcher, uh, iTunes. And uh, yeah, hit us up. Give us those five-star reviews if you want to. Yeah, Force- ask us questions. We'll get four stars. Yeah, we're open to feedback. All right. We're, we're nearing the end of this season. So, you know, we might do another wrap-up with a Q&A. We got some juicy things coming up. Yeah. Yeah. Keep it coming. Maybe we'll yeah. get some giveaways going soon. All right. Yeah, we'll foot the bill. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> we'll, yeah we'll foot the bill. Yep. All right, we'll catch you next time on yeah. the Words of Grant the Podcast. Adios.